I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about processes in business. We're chatting about what a business process is, what the common business process management issues are, and how to solve those issues forever. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how your business will benefit by managing its processes. Today, I'm joined by Steve Clements, um, the Managing Director of Braven. Steve, welcome. Thanks, Jaku. Yeah, interesting topic and interesting subject. So should I introduce myself in terms of my business and process I was going to just ask you that question now, but seeing that you expected it, let's go. Who are you and how did you get here? Good. 35 years in the IT space, had a corporate job for many, many years, and then 20 years ago decided to break out and do my own thing, set up an outsourced business development or sales company, so we sell for technology companies. And weirdly, process has been core to our go-to-market model. In so much as many technologies, it's easy to implement technologies, it's very difficult to adopt technologies, but process is fundamental to many initiatives in business and especially in the technology space. You wouldn't think that isn't sales just smooshing? <laughs> no, no. Like really, so I'll tell you a little story. So our business is about outsource sales. So we play a lot in the automation space, for example, and we will often do outbound campaigns. A good example is just recently I was called in by a CFO of one of the large corporations and he said to me, come and talk to him about automation. And I said to him, that's fine. And I arrived there, CFO, so financial guy, pretty learned guy. And I said to him, well, the conversation has to start at a process level. Tell me about your processes. How mature is your organization from a process perspective? And he said, well, you know, interesting, we have little islands of process information. And I said, well, that's generally how most companies work. They have islands of process information. And generally those processes were uh, sort of, drawn out as part of a bigger initiative. For example, you're implementing an HR system. You need to understand what your processes are in order to configure that HR system. You're implementing an ERP system. You need to understand your processes so that you understand where in those processes are you able to actually automate and where your integration points are with your, with your ERP system. So process, so, and, and by the way, you can't automate what you don't understand and you also can't measure improvements if you don't have a starting point, and that being fundamentally process. So let's talk about that. Um, and and you know, in a, in the catalytic world, we spend uh, the bulk of our time in the in a small to medium enterprise space. So that's typically the business was started by somebody, grew a bit, um, and and as you grow, you've got to delegate and in and in sort of hope for the best. Can can we say that? Yeah. So let's start with. How would you define what, what is a business process? Well, I mean, a business process is any activity within the pro, within a organization, either within a department or interdepartmental. If you, for example, map a process, and let's take a simple one. I'll give you examples of a process. Your procure-to-pay process, your hire-to-fire process, your procurement process, your debtors management process, your creditors management process, all of these are business processes within the organization. And generally people at a high level understand how they work. The problem is process inconsistency costs business serious money. We play a lot in the financial services space. 
35% of their risks to their business is through people doing the wrong thing. In other words, they have the processes not deliberately, um, it's... Uh, yeah, no, it's, oh, no, absolutely. Not maliciously or anything totally like that. Totally, not malicious. And that's why people start... And first of all, you need to gain an understanding of the process. And, and at the lowest maturity level, mapping that process, doing the process discovery and understanding who does what. If you, do a, if you map a proper process, interestingly, if you talk to RT and you ask him about <laughs> their processes, yeah. it's generally touch points where systems touch. They're totally oblivious to manual steps in the process. And one of the common of, uh, questions that I ask people when we're going into a process uh, in discovery or process dis- conversation, and I say, how automated is your organization at the moment? Well, one of the large healthcare organizations in South Africa, the, they had a whole lot of IT guys in the room and they're like, oh, we're in the most automated healthcare institution on the African continent. Everything is automated. And the clinicians and the nursing staff and the laboratory people and the kitchen staff and everything said, are you crazy? Nothing is automated. All you do is the billing. So the billing's automated. You know what I mean? So people have perceptions about automation and process in their organizations. One of the largest banks, they had the same conversation. How automated are you? We spend a billion dollars a year on technology across the African continent. We are the most automated bank in, in, you know, in Africa. I like that's re- and everything is automated. I like that's really interesting. What does 45,000 staff do if everything's automated? <sighs> people are not aware that process cut across from manual steps to workflow-enabled steps to system-enabled steps. And if you map a full end-to-end process, you need to be cognizant of what is manual, what is workflow-enabled, and what is actually automated already within your environment through ERP and so on. Very seldom is a process automated end-to-end. If I'm – and by the way, there's a number of different technologies. Okay. I, I wanna, Steve, I want to interrupt you there because yeah. – oh, Sorry, think, I can talk forever. No, hey? no, no, no. No, <laughs> no but uh, so, so you almost – you're almost a, a step ahead of where, where my mind's at because okay. I think the I think you're already talking about auto uh, optimization. Yeah, but uh, not the to fundamental. me to, to me when we when we uh, when I look at at a, at a lot of even even our own business, the, w- something that you touch on for everybody to understand what that pro- what the process is because I assume if a process is is mapped out correctly, that's a guideline for you to to just repeat. And then, you know, if you work within that guideline, then you'll get the same result or a similar result every single time. Absolutely. So when you walk into, let's talk your your smallest, most unautomated customer that there is. When you walk into that business, what is the most common thing that you find? How are those processes managed or is it even, do you find that it's documented? not. So generally the guys, worst case, they're undocumented. It's like, it's like the institutional knowledge type yeah, thing. Yeah, people, and if you think about it, one of the biggest issues around that is with the very, very high turnover of staff in businesses in South Africa. All your intellectual capital in terms of how people do things walk out the door when certain individuals walk out the door. So how do you capture what people actually do in the organization? It's sitting Oof. in people's head. Yeah, how do you capture that in a way? And that's process management. 
capture it. This is done by manually. Somebody needs to put up their hand and says, I need a resource. Next step in the process, right, let's, we've got to go to finance, find out is there budget available for an individual? Yes, there is. Go to HR, right, I need to post a, you know, I need to put together a job, app, a job specification. Can you help me with that? Next step, right, we need to post this job specification. Hold on a second. Our internal policy says we need to um, advertise this position internally before we can advertise it externally. That's a process. And by the way, it's jumping across different divisions. You need to understand those critical handover points from operations to to HR, to finance, to legal, to drop the contract. You know what I mean? And that's a, a process is weave in and out of and are transverse across the different departments in an organization. And that's where things go pear-shaped. I had so, most interesting, just quickly, I had most yeah. interesting thing. We were having with one of the big organizations, we we're doing a process discovery and process mapping exercise. And these are real world incidences where this lady said, well, the last thing she does on a Friday is she prints out this whole report and she puts it in the CFO's inbox. I promise you. And the CFO said, you know what, since I arrived in this business, which is like nine months ago, every Monday I find this report, I have absolutely no idea what it is, so I just throw it in the dustbin. (laughs) Those are, (laughs) when you start mapping processes and getting a deep understanding of who does what. Why does this, it's always been done like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we start delving into activities that are sort of value add to the process and non-value add. Why are they there? Because they're there for compliance reasons. By the way, why do people want to map their processes and why would they ever want to automate two main drivers? Either we're trying to reduce stuff or we're growing too quick and we just keep on adding more and more people to the process, like data You just throw people at the problem, yeah. So we throw people at the problem. Or we need accuracy and compliance, and that's where automation technologies come in. It's like you're able to automate a process and put a set of rules on that process using certain types of technologies. So, so Steve, I want to ask you now, um, when we, before we talk about how we fix it, uh, let's talk yeah. about when you, when you start these discoveries yeah. and, and you, 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 go, you go into a business, what are the, the typical issues that, that pop up that you see re- repetitive problems yeah. from a, from a process management perspective. Okay. I, I assume there's some general similarities. I think one of the common problems is that 10 different people sitting in a room, everybody has a different idea of how <laughs> the process works. And so you end up in like a simple process, like our procurement process. And it takes a whole day to map because this person thinks it does. And by the way, you, you took a whole day. We have eventually refined this process. And then we send it out into the business so that to the business users and they come back and they say, but this isn't right and we do it differently. Process inconsistency, massive big issue in organizations. People think they know how the processes work until you sit down and you workshop that process and you realize that we have 12 branches and 10 different ways of doing everything. That process inconsistency costs companies big money. And a good example of that is similar, uh, simple process. Our, uh, and let me think of one a staff disciplinary. If you don't get that right, if you don't follow the disciplinary process as prescribed by your HR department, you call that person in, you give them a first warning, you give them a written warning. If you do not follow that to the nth and that person gets terminated and you have to go and face a CCMA, what does that process inconsistency just cost you? 
a year salary. Yeah, maybe. That's Most probably. where things go wrong. Here's the thing. If you've mapped out your processes and you send them out into the business, so you deploy those processes. So we create a process repository. There's the different processes. And we take our most frequently used processes, send those to line managers and say, guys, this is how things work. And HR is a good example. This is how you handle a disciplinary. You do this, 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 this. How does a person apply for leave? They do this, 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 this. How do you handle a situation where you have a maternity leave application, paternity leave application? You do this, 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 this. And, and, and if people have that visibility of a process and they don't do it, there's a very different conversation to you not making it available to them. They can say, I don't know. So if yes. you haven't given them and given them the processes in a way that's easily digestible and understood and they mess up, it's your fault, not their fault, because you haven't given proper instruction. The, the other thing, um, when you talk about the inefficiencies, and I can, I can only imagine it um, uh, specifically where you've had tenure in a, in a business when you talk about that institutional knowledge and there's a person that yeah. sort of knows how things work. Um, when that uh, person walks out the door, all that intellectual capital has just walked out the, out the door. Do, do you find that sometimes also what can also happen is because, because – uh, you might also have inefficiencies because the, the way of performing the process is out of date because that, that cool. person's been doing it. Because when you talk about workshopping something, yeah. we're now talking about uh, the and, and that I'm actually getting to that. Uh, the business must now invest time and money in terms of saying it's it's not that's not a fun day to office necessarily. It's important, <laughs> no, it's but I mean, like for me, if I just didn't think now, if I had to go and spend my whole day now to, at the office go, going and reviewing processes, yeah. probably going to have a heart attack by one. Yeah. Um, so do you find that, that businesses understand the value of, of that process evaluation and, and that they're receptive to it? No. If we look at the process maturity curve, <clears throat> basic level one is we have islands of process information. Level two, we have a single repository and we know where all our processes are. Level three, we make those processes available to the business community in a way that they can actually understand what to do and how to do it. And once you've deployed those processes into the business, then you kind of, then you're using process correctly. Unfortunately, people, very few people and very few companies in this country actually even get to level three ever. There are some. I mean, we have some of the big banks. They, they two and a half thousand processes in a proper repository <laughs> with frequently used process, um, you know, with their frequently used processes put aside. They have land, what we call landing pages. So frequently used processes presented to their end user in a very easy, digestible way and very well described. How to fill an expense claim form. Do this, 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 this. And by the way, what one of the fundamental things about that process is that if you give an end user an end-to-end -end process, and that may cut across different people in the process, they get visibility. If I balls this up downstream, this is where who sees it. You know what I mean? Yes. This is the impact is downstream. And you, you can't plead ignorance you or can't plead ignorance. And and that's something I, I always um Talk to my team about you. Uh, you just end up spending money in a different place. So, in other words, you're not spending money on a, on let's say a process management system or, or invest the time, which is probably more valuable than the system, in in terms of mapping out your processes. 
And then, like you said, you, uh, a person makes a mistake and it cost you your money. You had a, a botched installation or okay. stock went missing or, like you say, you end up at mm-hmm. the CCMA and you get clubbed there. Um, but but uh, so, so you so the business is the business spends that money. It just spends it in a different place. You go like I love oh, I don't that see as that. an adage, and I've never thought of that, but it's so true. So we we work with a company that does what you guys do, and. They took the trouble to map out their operational processes. The telephone rings and it's a customer and they have a problem with a printer. The the system tells them, the process system, the process management system tells that service engineer what to do. First thing you do, go and make sure their account is paid up. Second thing, go find out if that machine is still under warranty. Third thing, fill in your job card with your travel and, and so the guy gets very clear instructions the chance of something going wrong. How many times does a call come in, the very irate customer, your service engineer jumps in his car, shoots off to the client, does all the repairs, gets back, and did you get the job card signed? No. Well, did you know that that machine is actually out of its warranties now? So we need to charge this guy. Did you let him know? No. You know what I mean? And, and those type of things, you're fighting a losing battle all the time if your people are not fully informed on how to do things. Mm, mm. Process is fundamental. And, and that to me is, uh, just by sitting listening to you, that's almost to me where the automation story comes in. Because yeah. if I automate, then I'm, I'm less dep- dependent on the per- – uh, uh, if my process are clearly mapped and automated, then I can plug in almost any any capability member Absolutely. I'm not dependent on that guy that's been there for 20 years and in the middle of COVID had a wobble and decided they're leaving now or, yeah, or correct yeah when we look at uh, we, we will talk about automation a little bit and the drivers around wise post process also fundamental but if, if I sell software robots guess what every process problem that you have a robot will solve if I sell a workflow solution Every problem that you have, our workflow solution will solve. If I sell a chatbot, every problem that you have a chatbot's <laughs> going to solve. Exactly you know that, what I yeah. mean? Yes. And that's why we always tell people, do a shopping exercise before you do a buying exercise. When you're looking well, what at do you process mean by that? automation. So, so when all my sales guys, I say we constantly do outbound campaigns into the market around, you know, lead, a lead generation type yes. of stuff. Yeah. And, and we'll set up a meeting with the client. And the first thing I do is I'd say to the client, are you in the shopping phase or the buying phase? If you're in the shopping phase, it means I'm going to impart a lot of information about different types of products to you. What's going to, and it's fit for purpose. Tell me your problem and we will suggest or make suggestions on the appropriate type of technology. Even with processes, there are, I always I teach my sales guys, I say, when you phone a guy and you say, do you have a process man, man, map, mapping or management discovery tool? And they say, yes, we run, for example, Aris. And Aris is a very strong product in the business process management space, but it's fit for purpose for configuring SAP systems. That's what it's designed for. So we, we run case-wise. Case-wise, really, really effective business analytics tool, but not a tool that is designed for end-user consumption. If you want your end-users to understand what to do and how to do it, simplicity. I think one of the things that you talk about is a thing called BPMN notation. So BPMN notation came up when there were a plethora of different process tools hit the market and people said, we need consistency. And so they came up with a whole lot of symbols and things that meant things. 
Well, really cool if you're a business analyst and you understand what those symbols mean. <laughs> yeah, If for exactly. a normal business user, they don't know the difference between you. And it's weird. It's like if a if a arrow touches a circle, it means one thing. But if it pierces a circle, it means a different thing. Oh, crikey, you can't Moses. expect your end users to understand that. No. And that's why Visio has been so effective. Visio is a drawing tool, a, a, a representation of the process that's very visual. It has its limitations. So, so Steve, I want to ask you that question. When I sit and think that, I know, and again, I can I can use one of our own businesses as an example to to, to get to the point where where you know I have let's say all of the correct uh, role players in the room and and all that type of stuff. It ca- it can be a, a uh, the, the word that comes to mind is, is it's difficult to map out a process, but I guess it's probably it's time consuming and it takes energy and all that type of stuff. How, how do you make this simple and easy? So I suppose it does depend on who you're dealing with. And, it, and, and why I say that is that if you're a consulting house, you want bums on seats. So you're yeah. going to sell consulting time. You, you know what I mean? We're going, to start gonna... from, we're going to start from the beginning, <laughs> value chain, level one, level two, level three, and we're going to map out your whole world and we're going to have 12 people sitting in a boardroom mapping our processes for three years and, and you're going to have your world mapped for you. If you're dealing with a company that is more about outcomes-based and the outcome, and you need to define what your outcome is, then, for example, what we do, and I can only talk for what we do, Mm -hmm. is we have what we call accelerators. Accelerators are pre-built processes, generic, call it best practice, pre-built processes. And it's our... Well, to me, specifically if you're addressing an SME-type customer, small to medium enterprise, uh, if there's, I almost want to say, if there's not immediate wins, uh, you, the, the, the game is lost. A, how are you going to build a business case for yeah, it? You're not going to, you know you're not, I mean? the business is going to not, so we're going to talk about business interest. case quickly, but just, just quickly, the, yeah. um, I lost my train of thought there. Apologies. We're about, so we're talking about the standardized processes. Oh, yes. The oh, generic yes. Process. So what we do is we have like a whole library of standard process, procure to pay, a hard to fire, your disciplinary process, how do I manage this? How, and, and, and it's easier in our belief to sit down in a workshop environment and say, there's a best practice process for your procure to pay process. Now let's adapt that to your environment. Okay. And so we call those so accelerators. So it's almost, here's the generic standard. Tell me, generic tell me what you one. don't like now about it and we can it bend it a little you. bit. Yeah. And I promise you, that'll cut down an eight-hour workshop to, to an hour workshop okay. by using what we call accelerators. Okay. Um, ROR. Yes. Oh, difficult, difficult, difficult in the process. Well, well. That, that almost leads into my next question, that ROI, because in my mind, again, now we talk about – so I assume it's also – it's not a, one, a one-time – Thing. You, you don't do it once and then you go, okay, right now, forever, it's done. Well, businesses are dynamic. So think about it. There are regulatory changes. There are internal policy changes. There are external policy changes. All these things change the way you do your business. So businesses, modern businesses are dynamic. In the old days, they were quite static. We did what we did. In the, and, and so if you had a, even an employee who came in there and he'd got 20 years of experience, that was a big plus. Nowadays, Businesses are so dynamic that you actually need more smart people than experienced people. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that dynamic has changed. Your business will change consistent, will con- com- consistently over time. So a lot of companies, and that's a big problem, is that you have to, in essence, no matter how big your company is, you need to have almost a – and it can be a virtual – a center of excellence where processes are actually updated on a fairly regular basis. Well, what, what is fairly regular? What does that Every mean? Every quarter. 
Every sit quarter. down and just review. And, and your main processes. I'm talking about your operational processes. So four times They're a year, you're going to spend a day or two on day. it. Just yeah. look through it, make sure that, have you know, what has changed, what's changed um, statutory, what's changed from a policy perspective, you know what I mean? And, just, and what has operationally changed, because that's where the biggest change is. So now, so now let's, talk about, let's talk about the ROI then. How do, yeah. how do I know now that all of this time that I, I, I theoretically it makes sense, I don't know how much money it's going to cost me, but it's going to cost me continuous money because even yeah. even a day, even that quarterly review of processes is, is my staff sitting internally reviewing a process, not out there making money necessarily. Yeah. So so how do you define ROI and how do I know it's worth okay, it? So you said it yourself. It's how you spend your money. Do you want to spend your money at the CCMA or do you want to spend your money quickly reviewing your HR policies and making sure they're right? You know what I mean? Then there's reputational damage. That's just happened by you, you know, buggering up a process. Yeah. Third thing. If you ever want to sell your business, so here's, a, here's an interesting story. Ge- oh. General Motors has a market capitalization value of X. Toyota has a market, market capitalization value of 3X. Why? Their cars aren't better. They could be argued. Their <laughs> output, their output, number of cars sold, is no more in Toyota than what it is GM. Why is Toyota valued at three times what General Motors is? They invented lean. Lean is a process optimization. Toyota invented it. They absolutely optimize their processes to the nth. You ever sell your business and external people walk into your business and they say, tell Mm. us about your operations, and you pull out your process repository and you say, this is how our business actually runs. This is our procurement. This is our people that you've just added another 10%, 20% to the value of your operation by having your processes properly mapped out and defined in your business. There's a real value there. I mean, I can, and I mean, what happens in a, in a, Small to medium enterprise space, it's a, it's a owner that starts up the business, the business grows, there's more staff that comes into the mix, and then what? The owner almost feels trapped because you, you, you can't go anywhere because if you're not there, then nobody knows what to do. Yep. That's just a – if you want to go on holiday and go to the bush or go to the beach or ride a bicycle or whatever, then automate your processes and then people know what to do when you're not there. Correct. I mean that – Or have the visibility of it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's the big thing is visibility. Um, okay, so then we we are, we almost always end a, a conversation like this by making it real. So if somebody listens to this now, um, and I and I, I must say you you've almost created an appetite for me where I want to go through it. I'm not sure yet. It's December, <laughs> but uh, if somebody listens to this now, yeah, uh, where do you start? How do you how do you kick off this this journey? It is a journey. In, in fact, you know, a journey is is kind of it implies a, a endpoint. And when you go into this process world, it becomes a way of life. It's there's no endpoint. You will continually be refining. You will continually be improving your processes in your actual business. A good place to start is talking to a company like ours where we product we kind of product agnostic in so much as we take a number of different technologies to market do your shopping properly and understand what your end goal is i like the way you say that you you must be unashamed in saying i'm shopping i'm not sure what i want i'm shopping 
um, I want to see what's available. What yeah. is the value of, of looking at these types of technologies? Everybody's on this, you'll know it, RPA, the Robotic Process Automation bandwagon at the moment. They're on the bandwagon. So RPA fixes everything. It's not particularly true. There's some technologies that have been around for, it was, yeah, you know, RPA was in the old days called scripts. People wrote scripts and that automated certain parts uh, of yeah, the process. Sure. Then somebody gave it a cool name and guess what? It suddenly took off. But there's some technologies, case management, workflow technologies, that are incredibly powerful by creating a unifying layer over your processes and making your it's invisible to your users what the underlying technologies are. They just interact with the workflow system. It simplifies everything. People are, but it's not the cool tech anymore. People mm. love cool tech. Shop properly, do your homework, understand what you want. What is the end game of looking at process in your organization? Is it around compliance management? Is it about automation? Is it about visibility of process? Is it around standardization? Have an end game in goal, or end goal in mind, and then go for it. Okay, Steve, thank you very much. Pleasure, we're gonna buddy. we're gonna put up your your details uh, when we when uh, later on LinkedIn today, and then um, yeah, like you say, I mean, uh, go do the shopping, and um, and I think for me, if I listen to the way that that uh, you speak about this, we we can hear yeah, it's not your first rodeo, and um, <laughs> and I think if you if you like you say if you go shop as wide and far as you can, yeah. but uh, you know I think if if uh, the groundwork is 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 done. You'll know you know you'll know if you're speaking to the right people or not, and know what the end game. What do you want to achieve? Okay, excellent. Cool. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And remember, if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.